Unless you want to come out here. If there's anything that we can do to create a better worship experience for you, reach out to us at www.lccimd.org. We'd love to hear from you. And again, welcome. Bless you. This is Pastor Lewis Johnson, and I just want to come on and thank you for joining the Liberty Christian Church International Broadcast. I am thankful to the Lord. Hallelujah for life, for health, and for strength, and I'm thankful for you, you, and you. Let's just praise the Lord. Open up your mouth and give him glory for the next 10 seconds. Bombard heaven with worship. Hallelujah. Hosanna. Blessed be the rock. Lord, we give you the thanks that you deserve, the honor you deserve, the worship that you deserve, the glory that is due your name today. We give it unto thee, hallelujah, and as we give glory from our mouths, you are releasing the glory of your presence. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, that you blessed us this far, that you caused us to continue to be alive on this earth, and we pray your blessing over those that are dealing with struggles, those that are dealing with circumstances, those that are dealing with uh, loved ones who transition. I thank you that you're giving them peace in the midst of their storm. I pray your blessing continually upon this nation. I pray, Lord God, for salvation. I pray for uh, a restoration. I pray for healing and deliverance to go forth in the name of Jesus. I pray that everybody that's tuned in, linked in, logged in, even now would experience a level of blessing and a level of increase that they've never seen before in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, that your word is still true, that we can stand upon that solid rock that is Jesus Christ. I pray now in Jesus' name that you are causing somebody, Lord God, to have an increase in their testimony, an increase, Lord God, hallelujah, in their longing for you and in hunger and a thirst for your righteousness that they shall be filled today. Father, I pray that we would not log off without an encounter with you. I thank you for overflow, for healing, deliverance, and power to hit us right where we are. A power surge. Let it be delivered right from the power of the Holy Spirit into our lives, into our minds, into our mouths, into our thought process in the name of Jesus. Now, Father, bless this moment. Bless this space. Every aspect of the service today, we honor you with it. We give you glory with it. Father, we repent of all sin. Cleanse us of anything that we've said, thought, or done contrary to your divine will and your divine word. Father, I thank you that breakthrough is on the way, that hallelujah, 
that deliverance is on the way, that somebody's new chapter and new season is on the way. I thank you that the bad cycle of defeat is now over in the name of Jesus. Take us further into our power surge. Take us further into this word of eviction that Pastor Thomas has been sharing with us. And I bless you, Lord God, for what you're going to do in this month of new beginnings. In the name of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I do pray. Amen. And thank God. Somebody give God glory in this space. Come on, open your mouth and bless him. For he is worthy of the praise. He is worthy of the glory. Hallelujah. Father, I just thank you that everybody logged in today would receive exactly what they've come to receive. That they would not leave this place and this space without getting a word from you. I thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Now, God, I pray a blessing over Pastor Thomas. Have your way in his life. Bless his ministry continually. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. God bless you. Stay tuned for more ministry. Yes, yes. If you've got the victory today, come on, sing with me now. And the words go like this. Say, I've got evidence. I've got confidence. I'm a conqueror. I know that I win. Do you know who you are? See, God wrote it all in his plans. For who? I'm a conqueror, I know that I win, oh, I know, oh, I, for me, oh, my name is Victory.
fade away Don't know how much you did it Fade away Standing here Not knowing how we'll get through this taste But holding on to faith you know best Nothing catches you by surprise You've got this figured out And you're watching us now uh-huh. And when it looks as if we can't win You wrap us in your arms and step in uh-huh. And everything we need you supply You've got this in control And now I know that you, you made a way When our backs were against the wall And it looked as if it was over You, you made a way And I'm standing here Only because you've made a way You made a way from because of you and nothing we've done to deserve the love and mercy you showed your grace was strong enough to pick us up and you you made a way It's only because you made a way When our backs were against the wall And it looked as if Oh, you, you And I'm standing here And it's only you made a way And I'm standing here only because you've made way And you've caused walls to fall with your power, yeah Perform miracles and there is nothing that's impossible And I'm standing here and it's only because Call with your power, Lord. Prefer for me, 
say, God, I give myself away because your life is not your own. And in this moment and in this time and in this season of everything that's taking place, everything that's going on, everything that we've gone through, some of you have surrendered yourself some of you have talked to God and some of you have said God I can't do this on my own I can't do this by myself so I give myself away so as we get ready to go before worship this is just the preliminary part where you can get into his presence where you can get into his face where you can get into a right relationship, a loving relationship, a relationship where you're simply saying, God, I love you for you being you. God, I love you for loving me. God, I love you because in spite of my faults, in spite of my wrongs, in spite of everything that I've done, you've still been there for me. How many of you have that testimony that there have been things that have happened in your life, things that have gone on in your life, things that are taking place in your life right now, but you know that the hand of God is upon your life. You haven't been perfect. You haven't always been right. You haven't always done the right thing. But God has found a fit to wake you up this morning to give you another 
opportunity because he sees more in you than we see in ourselves. So this morning, God, we simply thank you, God. We worship you and we magnify your name. And God, as we come before you after the songs of Zion have been sung, after the prayers have gone up, after all has been done, God, we submit ourselves to your appointed time and your appointed place. So that your word can come forward. So that your word can come with power, with relevance for right now. And God, we submit this all to you. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Welcome to Liberty Christian Church International. Please watch this video as we continue on with our service. I'm searching for a leader who earnestly desires my presence. I'm urging a future king, currently a shepherd, a peasant, a vessel to be used for things that are far beyond your comprehension. Attention, look and see, it's you that I'm calling. Pursue me, be unrelenting, and I will keep you from falling. Chase me, stop waiting, a new day is dawning. Your people need an example, their enemies are taunting. Weak, feeble, unable to succeed. David, I need a heart that will lead, who knows from the start the cost to serving needs, willing to conquer from the posture of on your knees, weighed, measured, and proven to be faithful while waiting. Tested, tried, through situations and times you're never fading. My spirit is ever aiding, sustaining you, the one after my own heart.
Amen. Amen. Like never before. I apologize that we have been, that our sound was not there, but we have been pursuing and chasing after the heart of God like never before. And, and I know that our Bible declaration was just done, but I'm going to go ahead and repeat it because I know some of you did not hear it. So if you have your cell phones, if you have your Bibles, whatever you may have, lift it up real quick and repeat after me. Lord, I thank you that I have a Bible. It is my personal copy of God's purpose, God's plan, and God's design for my life. Therefore, I am a believer and not a doubter. I'm not just a hearer, but I'm also a doer. And my life has been better after hearing the word of the living God. Therefore, my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will not be distracted, but I will hear what thus saith the Lord. And as a result of what I hear today, I'm going to leave here better than I came. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Do me a favor. Hug somebody. Tell somebody it's word time. It's word time. Technical difficulties have been bothering us for the last couple of weeks. And last week, I wanted to hit part two of this series called The Chase, Pursuing the Heart of God. Because in your in the in the believer's mind and in the believer's body, this is a perfect opportunity with all that's going on, all that's happening, for you to really make sure you're chasing after, seeking after, and trying to find your place and understanding of the heart of God. This series has been a series that we've started and has been talking about David, King David, and his life. And we know that the Bible said that God considered David a man after his own heart. So we want to look at David's life and see how much of David's life can we take on in our own nature, in our own mindset, and in our own time to begin to grasp what it takes to be a kingdom citizen that's chasing after the heart of God. And, and so now we're looking at the book of Samuel and we're dealing with the text. And I want to give a quick recap from two weeks ago because I know a lot of times when, we're, when we were not in service that if you do not hear it constantly that you may forget. So the first week we dealt with a God, uh, a godly heart, and we dealt with David and how David had the opportunity to kill Saul in the cave, and but David did not kill Saul, even though David's men told him, "You have an opportunity to take the kingdom." Just quick backdrop: we know that David was anointed to be the next king of Israel after Saul, but we know that Saul got so frustrated with David because David. David was rising to eminence and was rising to power that he said that that he was attacking or looking for David to kill him because Saul did not want the kingdom to leave his authority. Saul did not want David to, to rise to power even though it had already been anointed that he would. So we see David in last in, in two weeks ago sermon uh, dealing with a godly heart, how he got he got convicted even when he only cut Saul's uh, the edge of Saul's robe off and, and had it there and he could have taken the opportunity but David even got convicted by that because he knew Saul was still his king David had no ought against Saul he knew even though he had been anointed the next king David was still there to serve the king and, and so now we see David in that place and in that mindset and in that understanding so when we looked at that and we saw that we understood this simple premise that God seeks the willing in his 
hidden places because God still had a plan for David even while David was in solitude even while David was hidden away God, God still had a plan for David that had to be carried out in the right way and so now we see David and we saw that in that opportunity but then we also had the understanding that God seeks the prepared in humble places because God had prepared David God had talked to David God had uh, had relationship with David God David was a man after God's own heart so in the midst and in that place we see that God had a special assignment for David and not only that we see this last point from our first week was that God seeks the surrendered in high places David surrendered his life to God David surrendered his life to be in the plan of God and to the will of God and to the purpose of God and because he surrendered his life uh, we see that God exalted him we see that God elevated him we see that God did what he needed to do with him and when he surrendered him in high places we also know that that was the moment where God talked to David about building the temple and David had this grand plan about building the temple of God but God told David that yes you have the plan but you cannot build it because you were a man of war but he told him that his son would build the kingdom his son would build the temple excuse me and so now we find this and in this place that even in David's royalty in David's high places that he was still surrendered to what God's authority was God's will was and God's appointment was and so now I need you to get that that even in your place of prominence even in your place of uh, uh, of growing up or your place of social status that you still have to have a mindset that you're surrendered to God somebody say I'm surrendered to God so 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 if with all of that I, I want to jump into scripture on today if you give me about 30 minutes real quick I promise you that I won't hold you long today but if you give me some time I want to continue this chase and pursuing the heart of God somebody say I'm pursuing the heart of God so this morning, I want to step back a little bit back in history with King David. This was even before he became king. And if you open up your Bibles to Samuel, the 17th chapter, Samuel, the 17th chapter, there are two books of Samuel. If you open up your Bibles in the Old Testament, right after the book of Kings, it's the book of Samuel. Uh, and, and so now I need you to open up and, and get to this, excuse me, right after the book of uh, uh, of Ruth, then you'll find the book of Samuel. Um we, we got to get into this life of David. Uh, somebody say the life of David. And, and in this life of David, we're going to deal with today a courageous heart who David was and how David's heart became, uh, how David began to grow in the fear and understanding and becoming the person that was a man after God's own heart. But how did David obtain this? So we're going to look at today this simple thought and this simple mindset of having a courageous heart. There are people right now that that, that there are some things that you're, you're trying and some things that you're doing in this world that you have to have a courageous heart or even some people who are sitting on the sideline right now because their heart is fearful. I came by this morning to change your mindset about some things, to change your mindset about those business opportunities.
opportunities to change your mindset about those visions and those dreams and help you grab hold of having a courageous heart in the midst of adversity, in the midst of trial, in the midst of issues and situations. So if you have your Bibles, please open up your Bibles once again to 1 Samuel, the 17th chapter. We're going to look at a couple of verses this morning and they'll be on your screen this morning because I want you to see what God is speaking and what God is saying in this season. And this first text comes from 1 Samuel, the 17th chapter, the first verse, and it says this, now the Philistines gathered their armies for battle. And they were gathered at Soko, which belongs to Judah. And they camped between Soko and Azekah in Ephesus, Damim. Uh, they camped between in a place of Judah. And, and the reason I wanted you to see this real quick, because I needed you to understand this and know this, that in the midst of your situation, in the midst of your battle, there comes a time where the enemy will camp in your praise. Judah means city of praise. Judah means to worship God. Judah's definition is this, a city of praise. And we find the Philistines, we find the enemy in a place where they're Heart in the place of praise, in the country of praise. And who am I here to deal with this morning? That it seems like the more you praise, the more the closer the enemy gets to you. But I came to tell you, the enemy is there to stop your praise. But if you keep praising, if you keep worshiping, if you keep adoring God, if you keep doing what you're supposed to do out of your mouth, if you begin to lift up exaltation to God, that it has to come against the enemy's tactics that it has to come against the enemy's strategy. It comes against the enemy's plan, but the enemy knows if he can confuse you in the midst of your praise, that you'll stop praising. But I came by to declare to you that it's time to keep your praise going in the midst of your adversity, in the midst of your problems, in the midst of your situations. There's time that you still gotta praise your way through. And we see that the enemy, the Philistines, the enemy of Israel was parked in the midst of a real region of Judah, the, the, the region where the, the, the Israelites saw and had dominion and authority over, but the Philistines came and said, what are you going to do? I came to talk to you about a real Pacific battle that everybody knows, but, but in the midst of this battle, they were in the region and in the country of praise. Somebody say, my enemy is trying to take over my praise, but I'm not going to allow it. I'm not going to let it happen. I did somebody just give up a 10 second praise real quick that no matter what's going on, no matter what's happened, no matter what it looks like, my praise is going to continue. My praise is going to be elevated. My praise is going to shift the atmosphere. My praise is going to send the resources I needed. My praise is going to release from heaven and open up heaven's window for me. My praise is something that the enemy can't stop. So I need you to grab hold of this mindset and this thought. And if we go on and we look at scripture right now, I want to jump down to the 8th to the 11th verse because there is something powerful that takes place in the midst of this. And the Bible says that Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me and get this, if he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. 
but I will overcome. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. And then the Philistines said, this day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistines words, Saul and the Israelites were were dismayed and terrified. This morning, once again, I want to talk to you from the subject, a courageous heart, because where we see taking place in this moment is once again in the city and in the region of praise that the Philistines came in and said, we're big, bad, and bold enough to take over your situation, to take over your circumstances, to take over your region and begin to operate for us. And because we're big, bad, and bold, bold enough, I'm not even going to send out my whole army. And just a quick history back then, that they had a champion uh, a champion warrior, and we know his name to be Goliath. We know there were giants in that region, and the giants had not been defeated. The giants had no adversaries. The giants could not be touched. So at this moment in time where they were arrogant, the Philistines were arrogant, they said we don't need to battle the whole region, but if we just send one out, they can't top our one. And so they got this big bad guy, this big bad giant that had not been defeated, who was willing to open up his mouth and say, if you can send somebody down to beat me, then then I'll, then we will become your servants. But how many people know that sometimes the enemy will test you because he does not believe you have the faith to sustain, the faith to fight back, the faith to sit there and stand and say, if God be for me, then no one can be against me. The enemy will come up against you in moments in your life where it's simply saying, I'm standing right here. Are you willing to come down and fight me? Because I don't believe it, but I dare somebody believe. Somebody say, if God be for me, no one can be against me. So we see at this moment that Goliath was ready for war. Goliath was ready for the fight because he had not been defeated. What things in your life have not been defeated? as of yet. And they're sitting there saying, they're standing there as the strong man in your life. They're standing there as the adversary to keep you from your breakthrough. Those, the, the, the drinking spirits, those drug spirits, the sex spirit, the spirits that keep you from doing what God called you to be. Those lack spirits, those lazy spirits that have always stopped you in your tracks from pursuing the heart of God, the things of God, and the plan of God. I came by to declare to you that this morning, you're going to step out with a courageous heart. Somebody declare, I'm going to walk with a courageous heart. So we see Goliath in all his giantness, in all his armor, in all his authority, in all his, his world-renowned uh, accolades that he was a champion that had not been destroyed. We see him step up to the Israelite army. Everybody knows this story. This is the old story of David versus Goliath. There's nothing new about it. The the big versus the small, the, the giant foot versus the little person. And, and, and in this place and in this time, all of us have had moments in our life where we took on the nature of 
David and we were the small person. And so now the Goliath that is facing us is ready and set to attack. Matter of fact, he's bold enough to say, if you got one thing about you that can defeat me, I'll become your servant. But nobody, but Goliath, what Goliath knows and what Goliath is not paying attention to is that you got angels and legions of angels surrounding you, protecting you, fighting for you. But if you just get your mindset that you're courageous through the power of God, that God goes before you, that God fights your battle for you, that if God be for you, then no one can be against you. That scripture is simply staying in my heart and staying on my mind. And we're dealing with this thing right now and understanding that there is a heart after God. So now I need you to grab hold of this as we continue on and we look at this mindset that we're dealing with this thing right here, that that in the mindset and in the midst of this, there is some principles that I want to give you this morning that, that will help you begin to develop more appropriately your heart after God, your, your, your courageous heart, the heart that's going to set you apart. And understand this first principle is this, that there is an invisible enemy that we must see through God's lens. See, when, when the adversary stepped up, when Goliath stepped up and he began to war with David and he began to war with the children of Israel, he, he, the first thing he let be known was his voice. And, and in the midst of understanding that and in the midst of seeing that, they didn't even know who the voice was coming from. They just knew it was a booming voice. And there was an enemy that was there that seems like it was overpowering. It seemed like it was over. Uh, it was so big that it was, it was something that the children of Israel could not deal with. But when you begin to see your enemies through the, uh, through the lens of God, you'll know that there is no weapon formed against you that shall prosper. You'll know that even when the the enemy comes in like a flood that the spirit of the Lord shall raise up a standard. So no matter how the enemy comes to attack you, the Bible said greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. So we see Goliath ready to roam, ready to devour, ready to come after the children of Israel. But we got to begin to take the nature and the mindset of God and begin to look at our battle through the lenses of God. We begin to to look at our battles as spiritual battles first before it even becomes physical because we, the Bible says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against powers and principalities against evil forces in wickedly high places. So now if we're looking at spirits and we're looking at our battles as spiritual battles, we begin to see who has authority in the spiritual realm. And if he has authority in the spiritual realm, he has authority in the physical realm. The Bible says so it as it is in heaven so shall it be in earth. So whatever happens in the spirit shall manifest in the physical. So if God is already fighting for you, if God is already preparing a place for you, if God is already where he said in Psalms 23, I prepare a place before you in the presence of your enemies. I, I, I came to tell you that nothing the enemy can do to you can withstand what God has already prepared for you. Nothing that the enemy can say to you can stop God's plan for you, but you have to operate 
operate with a courageous heart. How do we operate with a courageous heart? Well, I'm glad you asked because I believe David shows us in the text. I believe David shows us a blueprint of what we can do. So if we see the invisible enemy and we see it through the eyes, through the through God's lens, then we have to understand this, that in, Saul, in Samuel, the 17th chapter, looking at the 32nd verse, it simply says this. Then David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of the Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. This was David. And, and, and I got to give you the backdrop about David in this, in this text because David, and I encourage you to go ahead and read it if you have not read the whole story about David and Goliath in this 17th chapter. David was a shepherd boy. David was not a grown man. David was not old enough to be fighting in the army. David was tending to his father's sheep, tending to the flocks of his father. David was out there uh, handling business for his father and was not even in the army. On this account where we see David fight Goliath, David was merely coming to check on his older brothers that were in the army. He was coming to give his father so he can get a report to give his father about what was going on with his brothers to make sure his brothers were still alive, to make sure his brothers are okay, but that's what David thought. But how many people know that just because you go to a place with one assignment does not mean God is not going to use you for something else. Just because you go into one region thinking that all you're going to do is go there and tend to your job, that uh, how many people can believe that God is going to use you wherever you go and help you defeat whatever challenges are coming? See, I serve a God that when he sends me somewhere, it's not just for my normal nine to five. It's not just for my normal thought, but it's in a process where I'm going to declare and speak what God called me to speak and say what God called me to say and help who God called me to help. See, a lot of times we get so caught up in life that we're only going to places thinking we're going for our own benefit. But I came to tell you that sometimes when you walk into an atmosphere because you walk in with the spirit of God on you, that you're there to shift the atmosphere. You're there to break fights away. You're there to stop the the enemy's attack because you simply walked into the place and God has a purpose for you. Somebody declare, when I go somewhere, God has a plan for me. See, see, we see David say to Saul, even as a child, we know David was the one who went and played the harp for Saul to ease his mind. David was the one who had already been anointed as the next king, but, but he was not in position or the place to take the authority to take the throne, but David was in a place right now where he knew what he was capable of in spite of what everybody else may have known. Nobody else knew what David was capable of in that region. Nobody, even his own brothers had not known. His father did not know. Saul did not know what David was capable of. And sometimes it's a great place to be hidden by God with your potential because once your potential is recognized, let me tell you this, that the enemy will come after you even harder. The enemy will try to stop God's plan for you, but the Bible declares that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Somebody declare that 
no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I'm, 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 I'm here to talk to you this morning. And so now we see David make a statement to Saul to let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. See, David had more faith than Saul and the army. David had more faith than the king and his men because the Bible says that after Goliath talked that, the, that Saul and the armies got dismayed. But David being on the scene, David never having been in battle, David never having warred with the Philistines came with a different approach, came with a different mindset because David in his life had already faced challenges that nobody could understand that had already seen the hand of God move in his life. And so David saw this opportunity and saw this situation as a situation for God to get the glory out of. And if I came by to tell somebody anything this morning, that sometime you being the rookie in the situation gives you more power than the seasoned vet in that place because you don't know what's going, what's had already happened. And because you don't know what's already happened, you have a fresh mindset to go in and war like never before. Some of your battles, you got to go in with a rookie mindset and stop thinking what happened in your past. Paul put it this way. I'm forgetting those things which are behind me. I press towards the mark of my high calling. So sometimes you got to forget about the last battle that you barely won and think about it like this. If God gave me breath, if God gave me strength, if God gave me a gift, if God gave me an anointing, I'm going to fight this battle like never before. I'm going to fight this situation like never before. Somebody declare I'm ready to fight. I'm ready to fight like I've never fought before because I can't think back about the other things that have happened. I can't think about the things where I've lost situations, the things where I've lost battles, the things where I've been broken down or I've been knocked out. But right now, I believe the faith of a mustard seed that I can move mountains out of my life. I can change environments in my life. I can change situations in my life. Somebody declare, I'm ready to fight like never before. Because see, now we see David and we, we see David tell uh, Saul that your servant will go and fight him. And, and I don't know about you, but uh, but David was small in stature. David going up against the Goliath should have never been a victory for David. But God honors the small people. God honors those who are lowly. God honors those who are homeless. God honors those who are last. He said, I'll make the first last and the last to become first. God honors those that nobody thinks has the potential to shift the atmosphere. So if you are that one. If you're that person that everybody has counted out in their life, everybody has counted you out because of your past, because of your mistakes, because of your failures, I'm here to tell you that God honors the broken. God honors the hurt. God honors the, 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 the second place person. God honors the last place person. He said, I'll make you first. But first you got to abide and believe in me. I came by to preach to somebody this morning that we see, we see David in this place and understanding this, that the improbable champion does this, trust in God's plan. Nobody expected David to be this one, but David was the improbable one. David should never even have been there to step up in the first place. David wasn't a soldier. You see, none of Saul's soldiers stepped up and said, I'll fight. Why? That becomes an issue right there in itself. Because David, because the rest of Saul's army who had been trained warriors. Oh, 
Somebody missed that. The, the, the rest of Saul's army who had gone through, who had been battle tested before, or at least had practiced the art of battle. And see, somebody missed that because there are some of you right now. Who am I coming down your street talking to right now? There are some of you right now that are not just practice tested, but you're battle tested. You've gone through hell and high water. You pulled yourself up because of Jesus Christ. You set yourself in a certain place because of the shed blood of a risen savior you become what he called you to be and the battles that you won you may not even talk about it but you know the power of God in your life somebody declared that I got the power of God working on my behalf and see nobody else has to know what I'm capable of doing but when God knows I'm capable of it he'll put me in the place there are some healers there are some deliverers there are some prophets there are some preachers some pastors some business owners, some mothers, some wives, some fathers that have never been that in their life. And because God is calling you into it, you're preparing your life. Your father may not have been there. Your mother may not have been there. They may have given you up for adoption, but God had a greater plan because of the battles he's already brought you through, the seasons that he's brought you through in your life, the seasons of lack so you know how to defend, the seasons of protection where he's kept you through danger seasons and unseen. Those times when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death and God said you shall fear no evil for thou art with you. How many people can testify right now that God is with me? I may be in my valley. I may be walking through the shadows of death. I may be going through situations in my health, but I trust a risen Savior. I trust a risen God. I trust him to perform that which he said because he is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man he should repent. If God God said it, he shall perform it. And I declare that God is going to perform some things in your life right now if you're just ready and willing to be battle tested. See, the improbable champion had or trust in God's plan. See, there are some people, the babes in Christ that that know no other way because if they were full force when they was in the world, they're going to be full force when they come into the kingdom. They have not gotten into the mindset of just sitting there and depending or thinking, oh, this shall pass. But no, they're ready to take the battle, to take the fight to the enemy. And, and, and I'm here to declare that this is a time and a season where we got to stop sitting on the sideline. We got to stop sitting in the shadows and come out and come out with full force. I got to simply say, I honor my, my, my brother in Christ, Paul Gaskins, who is an evangelist who has been getting out into the world and getting out into the city and the region each and every day, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, because he knows that no longer uh, is the gospel simply sitting in the four walls. It was never meant to sit in the four walls, but he's taking the battle to the enemy. And that's the place that most Christians have gotten uh, too comfortable at and sit back sitting fat and understanding and loving the worship and loving the praise, but they're getting out now and understanding that is not just what we're doing in the church, but what are we doing to bring those that are lost in the world to the body of Christ? So we're taking the battle 
to the enemy. We're, we're the improbable champions. The Bible says that the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent taketh by force. But we have the ability to step up and step out and defend the kingdom. If we are kingdom citizens, you have the opportunity to defend your citizenship, to defend your kingdom. What are you going to do? Are you going to be like the soldiers or are you going to be like David? Oh, I came to talk to somebody this morning and, and let you know that then in the 40th verse of this same text, it says this, then David took his stick in his hand and chose for himself, get this, and chose five smooth stones from the stream. He put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag and with the sling in his hand approached the Philistine. I, I'm going to park right there because I got to give you a little backdrop about David. Now, while David was a shepherd boy, David came across two battles where first he had to defeat a lion. Saul did not know this. Second, he had to defeat a bear. And, and David did it through the power and the anointing of God. So in this moment where David was preparing to go out and fight Goliath, ah, Jesus, he, he, he got to a place where uh, in this text preceding this, and I'm going I'm to go back for a second. I need you to hear this, that the Bible says in the 38th verse, then Saul clothed David with his garments and put a bronze helmet on his head and he clothed him with armor. The 39th verse says David girded his sword over his armor and tried to walk for he had not tested them. So David said to Saul, get this, I cannot go with these for I have not tested them. And David took them off. I came by to tell somebody real quick that what you've been used to battling with is not going to work for this situation. What what you've been used to armoring up with in warfare is not what God is using you for in this season. The, the, the usual armor for a soldier was his breastplate and his sword and his shield. But David being a shepherd boy had not tested these things out. David being a shepherd boy was not prepared to battle with what the normal situation called for. But this was a, uh, was a, was a unusual circumstance that David was in. So for unusual circumstances, David had to rely on what God had given him authority on it. Stop letting everybody tell you the way that you should battle and what you should battle or with. Who am I talking to this morning? That you gotta prepare for battle the way that God instructed you. You gotta pray a little harder. You gotta worship a little bit more. You gotta shout a little bit more. You gotta take the battle to the enemy in ways that the enemy is not used to from you. See, the enemy thought that the, that the uh, warrior that he was going to face was going to come down dressed just like him. Come down with a sword and a shield and a breastplate on and they were going to battle that way. But God said, no, I got my shepherd boy who has defeated my flocks up until this moment right here who has already been protecting my own and see he did not have an army behind him when David was protecting the sheep and protecting the flocks of his father he did not have an army behind him somebody missed what I just said he went out 
there with the will and the power and the anointing of God on his life. Somebody declare, I'm ready to fight and it doesn't matter who's behind me because if God be for me, who can stand against me? When Elijah looked on the top of the mountain and he told his servant, the servant said, there are more of them out there. The Elijah looked at his servant and said, there are more with us than there are with them. There are angels and legions and chariots of fire ready to fight on your behalf. So I believe that when David told Saul, oh, I, I can't do this because this is not tested in my, in my realm of authority. See, Saul tried to dress him in his realm of authority. Oh, somebody missed that. Too many people have tried to dress you in, your, in their realm of authority and don't know the anointing that's on your life. Don't know the prophetic word that God has been speaking to you. Don't know the things that God has been saying to you late in those midnight hours when you were facing hell and when you were facing demons. They don't understand what God told you to war with. The Bible says that the weapons of my warfare are not carnal but mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. I dare somebody take 10 seconds real quick and begin to praise God for the weapons he gave you. Not the ones he gave the next person but the weapons he gave you. You. Uh, somebody simply say, God, I thank you for my weapons. God, I thank you for my gifting. God, I thank you for my anointing. My anointing is not like yours. Uh, my anointing did not, not gone through the battles that you've gone through. And your anointing has not gone the battles that I've gone through. But what I got to do is what God called me to do. Somebody ready to step out as a shepherd boy. And the Bible says, then he took his staff in his hand. I can bet I could just imagine the scene right now. Can you imagine the scene that big bad Goliath was standing there? Like, who are they gonna send out? Uh, I'm just gonna take the head off of the soldier that they send out. I'm gonna break that soldier in two parts. And and the Bible says that David took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones from the stream. He put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag. Uh, so we have a shepherd going out to meet an enemy. Oh, Jesus. With his sling in his hand and he approached the Philistines. So, so I need you to grab hold of this, that this looked like an impossible battle for David to win. An impossible battle for David to even have a chance in. But this is what happened. David stepped out in God's power. Oh, somebody need to hear that. That David stepped out in God's power. David stepped out in God's power for an impossible battle. Yeah, I, I know that battles in your past, you may not have won. But you were trying to win them battles in your own power. You were trying to do it your own way. You were trying to act how you used to act in the world. You were trying to do things the way you used to do them in your day. But God said, no, the way that you won battles or the way that you got over back then is not what I'm doing now. God said, I'm doing a new thing. And what I'm getting ready to send you out with might look ridiculous to the enemy, but you don't know the power behind it. The things that I'm about to send you out with may seem small in stature and small in nature, but, but what 
I'm getting ready to accomplish in you is getting ready to change history books. It's getting ready to change the dynamic of your last name. That is getting ready to change the dynamic of your family lineage. It's getting ready to break generational curses. The weapons I'm getting ready to send you out with is getting ready to shift the atmosphere for somebody dealing with cancer, for somebody dealing with diabetes, for somebody dealing with a whole bunch of other issues in your family. God said, I'm getting ready to send you into the region of the uh, uh, of the enemy with a brand new anointing, with a brand new understanding, with a brand new opportunity. Yeah, the enemy thought that you was coming the same way your grandmother came, the same way your aunt came, the same way Uncle Joe might have come. But God said, when I send you, I'm changing your last name. I'm changing your last name from whatever your name is. I'm changing it from Veronica to Veronica, the anointed one, because I'm sending you with my anointing. I'm changing it from Deaconess Tansy to Deaconess Tansy, the anointed one. And I'm stepping you out there in the power that I possess, the power that's omniscient, the power that's omnipresent, the, the power that's omnipotent. I'm sending you with unlimited power according to my will and my purpose. Somebody declare that God is sending me somewhere with his power. The Bible says that he approached the Philistine. Could you imagine what Goliath might have thought? Goliath probably said to himself, oh, this is about to be done. I can step on this, this small statured person and I'm going home to eat. I'm, I'll be done this in a couple of minutes. I'll be finished this and there is no real battle because this is the impossible battle that they sent me out the smallest. Huh? They sent me out the, the weakest, the skinniest. So he thought. But in the midst of that, God said, no, I got something else for you. And the Bible says this in the 45th through the 47th verse that David said to the Philistine. Hmm, I need some people ready to shout right here. You come out against me with a sword and a spear and a javelin. Ha, but David said this, and I'm going to park right here, and we're going to worship. But I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. David was big, bad, and bold. He said, this day the Lord will deliver you in my hands, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. I need somebody to declare to their enemies today because you came out against me with your sword and your spear and your javelin. But because I'm anointed, because I'm a child of God, because I'm a kingdom citizen, I'm coming against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, the God of the armies of your fathers, the God of the armies of grace and mercy, the God of the armies that said, I got legions that I will dispatch against you the God that my, that, that my forefathers love, my, my, my God. I'll send it out. He said, this day, uh, you, uh, the Lord will deliver you into my hands. The Bible didn't say that David said that he will deliver him into the Lord's hands. The Bible said that the Lord will deliver you into my hands because you have defiled the almighty God, because you have come against God's people. Somebody needs to know right now that if you are a warrior, if you are an intercessor, uh, you need to be praying for those people that God has sent, that the attack is coming against, that God has sent you to intercede before. And you need to stand in the gap like David said, today the Lord will deliver you into my hands. I'm, I'm calling diabetes delivered. I'm calling uh, uh, brain damage delivered. I'm calling all these issues that 
you've been facing in your life. Heart disease uh, delivered. I'm calling COVID-19 delivered into the Lord's hands today. And if we begin to call on the name of the Lord and we begin to stretch out and do just as David said, today you will be delivered in my hand into the hands of the Lord because you have defied the, the word of the almighty God, the power of the almighty God. Today, you shall be, today, the Lord shall deliver you into my hands. How, what are you dealing with in your life? The Bible goes on and says this, this very day I will give the caucuses of the Philistines army to the birds and to the wild animals and to the whole world will know that there is a God of Israel, David said this. He said, "Ah, you, you, you just don't know who you came to fight. You came, and I came on the scene, not because I'm the biggest warrior, but because I'm the most anointed. Because I know what God has done for me. I have faith the size of a mustard seed that will toss the mountains into the river, that will toss the mountains into the sea. That I can speak to you and tell you to be thou removed. How many people need to tell some issues in your life to be?" thou removed right now to, that, that know that you ain't got nothing that can stand against my God that when my God comes into the atmosphere when, when the anointing of the Lord steps upon that healing is delivered and healing takes place that salvation takes place that deliverance takes place that holiness comes about that righteousness comes about but you gotta begin to say and declare what the Lord said that today the caucuses of your enemies. Ha, the, the caucuses of the Philistine army will be fed to the birds and the wild animals. And to the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. How many people are, need the testimony that says, yeah, you counted me out, but there's a God on the inside of me. The Holy Spirit is operating through me. The Holy Spirit is doing a new thing with me. Yeah, you knew this old person. You knew the old ways. But today I stand here with the spirit of the Lord that's, that's come upon me. And God, if the spirit of the Lord is upon me, trust me, I'm getting over this battle. I'm defeating this enemy. I'm coming out like never before. Somebody declare, I'm coming out like never before. But I got to get on. And it says, all those in verse number 47, all those who gathered here, all those that, that bear witness. See, you got a lot of, I, I'm a park right here. You got a lot of haters that are gathering here simply because they don't expect you to win. Oh, uh, They don't expect you to come out. They don't expect you to have a victory testimony. So there are people here that are watching your battle take place. There are people here who are watching the things that are going down in your life. But I don't I, I need you to stop worrying about those that are watching, those that that have done because your testimony comes not because they're watching. Your testimony comes because when they see what God is doing and the victory that God has proclaimed and the victory in the in, in the midst of the storm. Yeah, they, they going to run and tell that. Let somebody run and tell about how God brought you out. Not how you did it with your own might, but how God brought you out. And see, the Bible says that. And all those who are gathered will know that it is not by the sword nor the spear that the Lord saves. Get this, for the battle is the Lord's and he will give all of you into our hands. 
David wasn't even a member of the army, but he said, you, he'll give all of you into our hands. And, and if I can tell you anything right now, that simply put this, that this, that the immutable glory, uh, that the immutable glory uh, shouts loud of God's deliverance. Because at this moment, in this time, that the glory of God was upon David. And David, the Bible says that David took the first three stones and he had a slingshot and he had a staff. So he goes out on the battlefield and because he goes out on the battlefield, we we know that he takes the, the stones and he takes it in the slingshot and he winds it up and he winds it up and he lets it go. And the power of God, I believe, got behind the stone. And when it struck Goliath, it split into the middle of his head. The, the shepherd boy that nobody believed had the power and the anointing to do what he did. The shepherd boy who did not have on the shield, did not have on the breastplate, did not have on the sword with him. The shepherd boy who was tending to the flocks of his father, the sheep and all this. Oh, I'm coming down somebody's street right now. Little old you who, who everybody said you don't have the power to defeat this situation in your life. You took the slingshot, which is was holding the word of God, and you begin to open up your mouth and you begin begin to praise and you begin to wail it around and you begin to shout and you begin to worship God and as you begin to worship God, God released every provision that you needed every weapon that you released when you release your praise it released just like that stone oh I'm getting happy real quick when you release your praise into the atmosphere it flies through the air just like that stone and it's splitting the head of your enemy it's splitting the head of your situation it's changing the environment that's there. It's changing your mindset. It's changing the atmosphere. It's shifting things on your behalf because God said, if it's for me, he said, the battle does not belong to you, but the battle is the Lord. Somebody declare that the battle's not mine. I just got a praise in it. The battle's not mine. You got to remember that they were in the midst of Judah fighting. So they were in the midst of the praise. And I believe that when David stepped out, he probably worshipped while he was walking down. Everything that he said preceding this to Saul while he was walking down to Goliath was a praise, was shifting the atmosphere. So David was praising in the midst of headed to the enemy. David was praising in the anointing of God, said, that's my child I hear. And he's praising me. He already declared that I've won the battle for him. He already declared declared that I'm going to deliver the hand of the enemy into his hands. I, he already said that I, the battle is not mine, but it is the Lord. So somebody declare that no matter what I'm going through, no matter my situation, no matter the environment, no matter what I need, the battle belongs to God. And I'm simply going to offer up my praise. I'm simply going to offer up my worship. I dare you lift up your hands and begin to worship God right now for the provisions that you need, for the battles you need to win. I dare you just worship God right now in the midst of wherever you at. Make your atmosphere, make your living room, make your bedroom, make your kitchen, make your car the place of your battlefield right now and declare that the battle's not mine, but it is the Lord's. Because I got a shout 
loud of God's deliverance. He delivered you against your Goliaths. Yeah, over and over again, your Goliaths have tried to fight you. Over and over again, your Goliaths have tried to battle you and they've won some battles. But right now, I'm telling you right now that the Bible says that when the enemy comes in like a flood, that the spirit of the Lord shall raise up a standard whose standard is the spirit need to be raised up against right now in your life that no matter what it is no matter what it looks like the spirit of God is ready to do the amazing and do the improbable the immutable the uh, the, uh, the, the, the 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 thing that which you heart which your heart desires the, the the power of God is ready to do that thing in your life and because it's ready to do that thing in your life I need you to testify of God's goodness. I need you to testify of God's joy. And in the midst of this situation, in the midst of this battle, I believe David drew closer and closer to God because he was pursuing the heart of God. Where are you at in your life right now? That God says, are you ready to pursue me, are you ready to see who I can be in your life? Where are you right now in your life? What situations are you dealing with? What things are you going through that God is simply saying, I'm ready to make you my David. I'm ready to make you a man or woman after my own heart. I'm ready to give you a godly heart. I'm ready for you to have a courageous heart because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. He's overcome every situation. He can deliver you from every illness. He can heal your mind, your spirit, your heart, your body from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. You gotta pray. You gotta worship. You gotta pray. You have to seek after him daily. He loves you. And because he loves you, he said no greater love than any man show than to lay down his life for his friend. Jesus said today I call you my friend. He is your friend. Who, who and where are you right now? Are you a friend of God? I want to pray with you, Father God, in the name of Jesus. I thank you, God, for this word, God. That you are setting your people apart with courageous hearts in this season and in this time. You're setting us about with courageous hearts. To be like David, not using the weapons that have normally been used for battle, but beginning to open up our mouth with praise. Open up our mouth with worship. Open up our mouth believing and assured that you said you would never leave us nor forsake us. So God, whoever there is under the sound of my voice that is for God. The battles that you already won in our lives that, that are on the verge of a breakdown. God, I ask right now that you build up right now to step in and show them that they are David while the Goliaths are in their life. Show them that it does not take 
all of that, but but it takes the faith that you've given us. You said every man is given a measure of faith. Said we all, if we have the faith the size of a mustard seed, that we can move mountains. So God transition us from the normal weapons to believing that the, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, that the weapons are praise, that the weapons are prayer, that the weapons are, 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 are worship. Rekindle your fire and your compassion in our heart. Not that we get the glory, but so that you get the glory. David said, I do this to David so that the people here can bear witness that there is a God in Israel. There is a God in you. And people need to see that God in you. So God awaken the minds to chase Return, we give you glory, we give you honor, and we give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. He is an awesome God. And I would be remiss if we left this service and I did not offer you my normal five things, no matter where you are, no matter where you're streaming this from, no matter where you're listening to this from. The first thing is if you have not given your life to Christ. Tomorrow is not promised. Five minutes from now is not promised. But you have right now the opportunity to say, I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. The Bible says, and you shall be saved. It's just that simple. You recognize Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You ask for forgiveness and repentance of your sins. It's just that simple. Ask him to come into your life and be your Lord. Be your Savior. The Bible says that the old man dies instantly. He said, I, I make all things new. You have a new day, a new opportunity, and a new time right now. That's number one. If you have never given your life to Christ. Number two, if you backslidden, you know the word of God, you know God, you've had a relationship with God. But like the prodigal son, you walked away and said, I'll take my inheritance and I'm going to go enjoy it right now. The world offered you, Satan took you to the top of the mountain and said, here, if you bow down and worship me, I'll give you all of this. But now you realize that you are like uh, the prodigal son who was in the pig's tent, who was eating pig slop. He had got adapted to eating pig slop. And I believe the pig slop began to look like steak. But he realized at some point to say this to himself. That it was better for me to live in my father's house as a servant. Than to eat, sit here and eat pig slop. He was willing to be a servant to his father. And the Bible says that when he went home, his father saw him. His father hugged him. His father celebrated him. He gave him a ring. He gave him his robe. And he gave him his place back in the kingdom. In the family. If that's you, God is saying, are you ready to come home? My son, my daughter, my child. Are you ready to come home? If you're ready to come home, God, I walked away. Forgive me. I want to come home, Daddy. 
Forgive me of my trespasses. Forgive me of my sins. I want to come home, Daddy. It's just that simple. I want to come home, Daddy. The Bible says that he is faithful and just to forgive you. Number three, healing. Your body, your mind, your spirit. The Bible said that God is a healer. He said healing is the children's bread. There's a bomb in Gilead. We know scriptures all day long that deal with healing. What is it that you need healing from? Your mind, your spirit, your body, your flesh. What is it that you need healing from? He is a healer. Isaiah 53 5 says he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. That is the salvation healing. But he said by his stripes I am healed. We believe that by every lash that he took on his back, every bruise that he took, the crown of thorns being shoved on his head, every beating that he took, he took in order to heal you, your mind, your spirit, and your soul, heal you. He said, if you have faith enough to believe. Number four, if you've never received the Holy Spirit in your life, it's like walking around with a pitcher sitting right here that's not filled up. You want to be filled by the Holy Spirit. I can't teach you how to speak in tongues. can't teach you that. Asking God to release his Holy Spirit to fill you up. There's power in the, in the Holy Spirit. There's power. Bible told, Jesus told his disciples not to leave until the Holy Spirit came upon them and what they would be able to do. You have not received the Holy Spirit. Father God, in the name of Jesus, every person under the sound of my voice that is wanting your spirit to fill them up, God, we ask you right now, God, to fill them up. Fill them up so that they can, they can see and hear and allow you to be their God, their comforter, their friend, their intercessor. They need you, God. Your people need you. Baptism by the Holy Spirit. Baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. Baptism to fill you up. Mm. It's a feeling that, it's a spiritual feeling that's like nothing else to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Number five, if you don't have a church home, even in the midst of this pandemic, we want you to get connected with the church home. Liberty is here for you. There are other churches that are here for you. If you need a church home, do not continue to operate with as a kingdom citizen with a bastard mentality. I said it. Yes, I know you've been hurt in church before. Yes, I know that church people have hurt you. Yes, I know they've talked about you. Yes, I know. But God never told you to forsake his body. Liberty would love to have you. We're a church with no games, no gimmicks, just Jesus. We show love. We love one another like never before. What you see is what you get. We want to grow. We want to build. We're normal people with normal experiences, but we serve a supernatural God. Mm, Jesus. Right now, if that's you, you can 
Reach our ministry at 301-887-5259. Leave a message there, and we will be back in contact with you. Or you can text us at that same number. If one of any of those five things that you need, matter of fact, text that number and tell us. Whether you're just a visitor, you want Jesus to enter into your life, you backslidden, the Holy Spirit healing, whatever it may be. If you want us to connect with you, text us at that number, 301-887-5259. We will return the calls. We will get back to you. Someone will reach out to you. I love you with the love of God. Last but not least, before we close out for today, if you would like to sow into liberty, you're sowing into fertile ground. At the bottom of your screen right now, you'll see ways that you can give at liberty. We know that in the midst of this pandemic that everybody's holding on to what they have. We're not asking you to, to go above and beyond. We're asking you to simply sow a seed, whether it's one penny, whether it's five cents, whether it's a dollar, whether it's two dollars, whether it's five dollars, ten dollars, a hundred dollars, twenty, whatever it may be. Plant a seed in fertile ground. Plant a seed in fertile ground. And I'm going to leave it at that. And as we close out today, I'm going to leave you with my thing. Live on purpose. Live for purpose. But most importantly, live in God's purpose. Be blessed. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Go in peace.